The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. You're listening to the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, one of our texters, too, in fact, saying big hail in Barhead, lots of it, lightning mm-hmm. within uh, three miles, and this uh, heavy hail in Barhead, a little smaller than a dime. I uh, just want to again thank our Staff Sergeant Bechtold and Hunter for joining us in studio. If you're wondering what Hunter looks like and you're on Twitter, <laughs> go to my Twitter account. Uh, you'll see uh, Hunter and the destroyed ball, which was <laughs> He really did uh, to shreds. destroy it, yeah. Um, so as we've just been telling you, some uh, severe weather moving into the area where we're expecting more this afternoon. Jesse Beyer, Chief Meteorologist, joining us a couple hours early this afternoon to give us an update on what is happening. Hi, Jesse. I'm just sending a tweet. Are you? Yeah, I know we're on live radio, but I'm going to try and do both at the same time. Yeah, these, sure. uh, these storms are popping up all over rapidly, and okay. they're changing ever so quickly. I was actually just looking at the cell over Barhead, and that's currently what I was typing out to say that there's some likely small-sized hail falling out of a few cores in those areas and a few pockets of moderate to even heavy showers, and it does look like on the leading edge of that storm line, some pretty good gust fronts are rolling through that area. It's the storms towards the west and southwest of the city that are of the most concern for the city of Edmonton as we head through the day. We've talked about it yesterday somewhat. I can go into a little more detail today with the setup that we have. It's a upper-level low that's sitting over top of the northwestern side of Alberta, close to the Grand Prairie area. So what we're seeing at the surface as we head into this afternoon is a fairly brisk east-to-southeast wind, which is moving in a little bit of moisture from the east-central side of the province. And with the combination of that moisture moving in, the added moisture at the lower levels that we saw from the thunder showers this morning, and the daytime heating as we we're approaching the mid-20s, for the surface temperature, that's a ton of energy, and it's really priming up the atmosphere in the Edmonton area and for areas just off towards the east, northeast, and slightly southeast. So when this low-pressure system continues to move slightly east, we'll watch that flow in the mid to upper layers change towards the west and southwest, and that's what will move the storms that are developing west and southwest in the city towards the north and northeast. Now, with the setup that we have, with that energy, with that moisture, and with that upper-level flow, especially the change of the wind speed and direction from the surface to about two to 3,000 meters off the ground, you have that potential for rotation. So that mm. can lead to some very strong updrafts, some very strong downdrafts, and there is still the potential for a few isolated tornadoes to develop out of a few supercell storms that will develop as we head into this afternoon. So I know that's a lot of information to digest, but that is the setup that we have. So we have all the ingredients in place for severe weather, and it looks like most of them are coming together at the right time and place. So this is a serious situation as we head through the afternoon. They're isolated storms. You could have a big, severe thunderstorm leaving up to tennis ball-sized hail, but in a few kilometer radius around that storm, you could actually have a blue sky. So if you do see ominous weather moving your way, keep in mind that today all the parameters are in place that it could be uh, quite intense as it approaches Hmm. you. So just have a plan through the afternoon. I know K-Days is going on, the Midway, as well as a few concerts this evening, outdoor plans, patios. So just uh, keep on the top of the forecast, and we're doing that for you right through the afternoon. So, Jesse, I just want to be real clear on this. Uh, So there is the um, conditions are uh, favorable for 
rotation you mentioned. Right. Heavy rain, so flash flooding's a possibility on, say, white mud, for example. Or if no. we were to get a storm, I mean, we could be looking at rain rates over, well, 50 millimeters an hour. And depending on the storm setup, you could even be north of that number. Now, the problem is that some of these storms are only moving 20 to 30 kilometers an hour. So even if you're sitting under it for 10 or 15 minutes, I mean, that's a lot of rainfall in a short amount of time. And in the city, you don't have the percolation like you have in yeah. an open field where you have uh, soil. You have instant overland runoff with all the asphalt. So what happens is that it's a big rush of water so flash flooding and, and pooling on on roadways and parking lots will be of concern if we get any of those heavy rainfall storms um within city limits and, and as far as i don't know you said you could be under these conditions in one part of the city and be looking at blue skies in another is there a particularly strong cell that uh, you know can you narrow down a little bit of time or place for us at all now that the storms are, are popping up and moving, I mean, we do have that line that's extending from just towards the southwest of Westlock through the Barhead area, and then we actually have a couple of storms that have popped up just slightly south and southwest of the city of Edmonton. Most of these storm tracks are moving north-northeast for the time being, but as we watch this low move slightly further east, we'll actually get more of a northeasterly track. The biggest storm right now that's actually under uh, warning currently is sitting just slightly northwest of Rimby and it's moving towards the northeast and that has a pretty decent core on it starting to organize itself as it's getting into this atmosphere that has a little more moisture and a little more um, surface yeah. flow that's interacting with the mid to upper layer so that's a cell that we'll watch pretty closely over the near future and it'll just be kind of wave after wave of uh, thunder showers kind of moving close to if not over top of the city limits but the storms that are going to develop closer to the Red Deer area and then move slightly east and northeast of the city of Edmonton through the afternoon. Those are going to be of concern. And then later in the day, after the supper hour, closer to the early evening, 7 to 9 o'clock tonight, as this system moves into east-central portions of the province, there's actually a better atmosphere set up for straight-line wind events. Mm. So you'll get storm lines instead of single-storm single, single storm cells, hmm. and that's where you can get wind gusts up to about 110 kilometers an hour wow. on the leading edge. So it's different parameters in different parts of the province as we head through this evening, and it's it's going to be changing quick. You know, Jesse, I, I'm just looking at the Global Weather app and... Uh, sky Tracker. The Sky Tracker. Um, the map on there, which shows the radar and shows that storm system, the storm systems moving across. It is really quite something to, to to watch right now. And if people are wondering, you know, what that looks like, I'm going to urge you to download this app. There's a lot of great stuff on there. Um, and, and you can watch it yourself. I was curious, you were talking about... Uh, hail, how can you, when you're looking at your setup and your maps and, and all that sort of stuff, how can you tell that there's potential for hail based on what you're looking at on the computer? It has a lot to do with the, the speed of, of the updraft. So a uh, hundred mile an hour updraft is going to hold a bigger sized hailstone than if you have the potential for a 50 mile an hour uh, updraft. Okay. So when you have these storms that you can look at the depth of the atmosphere that they're going to start going and then the displacement of air as they're changing into that atmosphere. And then you also look at the amount of moisture available. If there's not a lot of moisture, you're probably not going to have the biggest amount mm. of hailstones. And that's one of the biggest reasons with cloud seeding that they're trying to do is you're not going to change the amount of moisture and you're not going to change the size of that updraft, but you can change how many particles and how many hailstones develop. So you might have 10,000 hailstones that are the size of a baseball or 100,000 hailstones that are the size of a golf ball. So that's kind of the short version of how it happens, but it 
has a lot to do with the updrafts okay. and, and how fast that projected speed will be. Interesting. Wow, I'm looking at this map now, too. This, yeah. The area is you massive. Just, you see that line. You can see that defined yeah. line coming across. And I see severe thunderstorm watch in effect almost all the way to Saskatoon. Yeah, and that is what we just made mention of into the essential portion of the province as this area continues to move that's when we're starting to see the, the parameters change and what type yeah. of storms are going to develop is going to be much different than central Alberta and then east central Alberta and even into parts of Saskatchewan because they're looking at more of a nocturnal um, setup as you head into this evening. So it's just some re residual um, effects and then it'll wrap up once again as we head through the early morning hours tomorrow okay. possibly. So there's there's a lot going on and on a day like today it's, it's, it's a good idea to have more than one resource yeah. to have access to this information so you can have the radio you can have the television you can have the apps just make sure you have access to the watches and warnings because if you get under a watch or warning you might have 15-20 minutes lead time before a gust front moves through your area so you want to be on top of that and with the sky tracker weather app that'll alert you if you put the notifications on it'll actually ping and alert you that you are under a watch or a warning and it'll tell you exactly what's coming your way all right jesse thanks for this uh we'll talk to you again in a couple hours time thanks for uh, taking time out of a busy afternoon for you sure i'll talk to you then all righty jesse byer chief meteorologist at global edmonton Uh, what a busy afternoon we're having here. A visit from Hunter the dog. We've got uh, weather going on we're going to stay on top of for we're you. We're still picking up the pieces of the green ball. Did you tweet a picture of the ball? I did. Oh, good. I'll go back so and favorite it. When he when he came in, he had the ball, and it was on a big rope. And he was just playing with it, playing with it, He wouldn't let it go. It. No, wouldn't let it go. And then when he laid down, when, when, um, when Tom had him lay down well then he's now just chewing on it and just destroyed it <laughs> did he ever like literally it's just in pieces yeah. you gotta see it um, it's such a beautiful animal oh my gosh oh, i know just beautiful dog um this is friday of course so big blue binder yeah, folder. We like folder we like to uh get into the big blue folder if we can i saw this one just this morning oh, uh, wow. there was a fire at a factory uh when a bunch of of Cheetos, tor tortilla, 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 tortilla chips spontaneously combusted. So much oil. <laughs> That's just so... Oil and heat. It Boom. was in Austin, Texas. They had to put out a fire at the uh, tortilla chip factory <laughs> um, because these chips just blew up. And the factory says they were trying out a new way to make chips that, quote, didn't work out so well. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Fortunately, nobody was hurt. Didn't they? It, two days in a row this thing blew up yeah, or something like that. Yeah, spontaneous combustion of chips. Hey, did you um, order those um, flavored Lay's? I did not, but I sent myself a reminder okay. when I got here to work today. As For whatever reason, I saw you and remembered the chips, so I texted myself. <laughs> so I'll do it tonight when I get home. Uh, and, you know, we always like talking about uh, criminals. Uh, yeah. I'll give you uh, one guess as to what state. Florida. Yep, Florida. A 53-year-old 53, 53 guy named David Joe DeVos. He broke into a Dollar General store in the middle of the night last Tuesday in Florida. Um, he stole two four-packs of beer while wearing a T-shirt that said, this guy needs a beer. Mm -hmm. He was caught on security cameras, but nobody knew who he was. Uh, police were called, but he was gone. Then he strolls back into the exact same store, drunk, 
two days later and tries to steal some smoked sausages. Of course. Yeah. Still wearing the T-shirt that says... Uh, this guy needs a beer. With two thumbs pointing at him. <laughs> yeah. And so the manager recognized the T-shirt first and then him from the video camera mm. called police and he was arrested. Uh, two days later, he's still wearing the same T-shirt. Well, hmm. I mean, he's breaking into places. He's probably... <laughs> I guess. Uh, anyways, police uh, arrested him for the sausage attempted theft, but then asked him... They just said, you're the guy who took the beer and he admitted to it. So... That was easy. Yeah, that's that investigation ends. He's facing charges for theft, burgla- burglary, and criminal mischief. We talked about this a couple of months ago, but another study has been done on it. And Canadians, you, Chadville, let $46 million in lottery prizes mm. slip away in 2017. Isn't that crazy? In Alberta, there's over $2 million lottery prizes... $2 million worth of lottery prizes that have been unclaimed. Unclaimed. Uh, over $8 million in Ontario. Of course, you only have a year yep. after the numbers are drawn. That's for those lotteries where, you know, you pick numbers. Those scratch and wins, yeah. they all have a specified expiry date on they them. They do, yep. now that we know that. Um, yeah, so $46 million worth of lottery prizes went unclaimed in Canada last year. The biggest one ever... In Canada, it was 2006, and it was a $14.9 million lotto prize. Wow, really? 14.9. Another $5 million went unclaimed in Ontario in 2004. Oh, can you imagine? Oh. And, you know, there's stories of people, uh, there was one in Ontario, I think it was, where a woman turned in a ticket for several million oh. just hours before yeah. it would have expired, and it was because it was in a winter coat. Yeah. So it was a year later, yeah. or just short of a year later, that she put on the coat again and found the ticket. So apparently 95% of you claim prizes within two to three wo- weeks. Um, according to the OLG, the Ontario um, uh, Lottery Corporation, 38% of players check the ticket immediately immediately after the draw 45% of you check when you remember and that's 17% who don't check regularly um, and yeah they said several years ago a player from Sault Ste. Marie claimed a $100,000 encore prize the day before it expired he'd put a winning ticket in a small pocket in a seasonal jacket and forgot about it for almost a year there it is. and then there was another one in Quebec a father and son found a winning ticket among all the tickets left in their car after hearing about unclaimed prizes. And that's it. Like, where do you put them? You know, well, we keep, I keep mine in my wallet. Mine's in my car in the uh, visor. Okay, yeah. So when I'm at a store, I just check to see if the draw's been yeah. held, and then I go in and buy my new tickets and check my old tickets. And- see, I don't buy every week. It, the lotto pool here at work, mm. you know, you and I always put well, in. Well, I never we, check those. I assume Well, no, all, we'll take care of we'll Somebody hope checks Greg's them. Greg's taking care of that one. Yeah. But uh, Coach buys every week. His mom buys every week. And so I'm like, well, one day if they come home and say, ah. <laughs> say, by the way, I don't normally, uh, nor do you, get to break any kind of uh, sports news. Mm. But let's do it right what now. Uh, CFL on TSN reporting that the Eskimos have dropped Terrell Owens oh, from wow. their negotiation list. Okay, well, so, he he wanted the uh, the his contract activated. They wanted a decision made. Yeah, activated the window, so they yeah. had, I believe, ten days to 
to do something so they could make them an offer and it would extend yeah. that um, those rights by so a year or but they've dropped it so that will allow other teams now uh, to put them uh, to put him on their neg list and, and negotiate so maybe we'll so see would him. we would Eskimos get money for that nope no so it's done it's we just had go. the rights to negotiate so okay that we've apparently waived those according to TSN and now somebody else uh, some other team may step up somebody who needs a receiver badly uh. like desperately would be interested. I know some teams have said they were. Montreal showed some interest. Saskatchewan, I think, showed some interest. You know, he he was uh, interviewed at the ESPN Awards the other night. And I, what is he, 44 years old or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. 44, 34, 44. I know there's a difference there. But he's like, you know, well, I'm still ready to play and I'm still good. Just because I'm this age doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Get off he my had a, He had a pretty good NFL career. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> News headlines, the latest weather coming up on the other side. Halsey checks in with sports. We'll have an update on your market numbers as well. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.